Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hey everybody, this is Charlie from Fangamer. I'm Ryan, also known as Rofish from Fangamer. My name is Reed Young, and you're listening to Nerdy Show! <laughs> now, say fuzzy pickles. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Brian. (laughs) And uh, with us for this episode, we have two special guests. We have Marshall Weber. Hey, everybody. Who is the creator of Terminator the Second and the brains behind Husky Jackal Theater. And also, Charlie from Fangamer. Yo. <laughs> Fangamer, of course, being one of the most incredible places to score geeky apparel inspired by your favorite video games, etc. And the whole of the internet. This episode, this very special episode, we're going to be announcing the winners of our Minecraft Sci-Fi Build-A-Thon. Boom! As you may know, we run a very, very, very amazing Minecraft server. And it's not amazing because of us, because oh, we, just, God, no. we, we just put it there. I've been on there like once, you know, <laughs> I don't do anything. I had a house right next to Collins once and he burned it down. <laughs> I wish I was joking. No. This, server, this server is awesome because of you guys, all you amazing listeners and fans who have uh, come on this place and made it easily the most densely packed den of nerddom I've ever seen in the Minecraft verse. And so from time to time, we like to throw a build-a-thon events. Basically, we get a huge cache of prizes, we pick a theme, and you guys go nuts and populate the world with even more amazing structures. Well, in the past, we've done, uh, we did a television theme build-a-thon, we did a video game theme build-a-thon, and, uh, and this time it's science fiction. And uh, you guys really outdid yourselves. We got 16 amazing entries, and it was tough. So It was kind of mind-blowing. One actually made was difficult to watch because it hurt my head with how awesome it was. Yeah, one of them I didn't understand even when I was watching it. It was amazing. So we're going to, in this episode, talk about the entries and announce the winners. And uh, you may wonder, well, these guys have been com- competing for a month and they've spent hours and hours and hours building these crazy things. Just what have they been competing for? Well, the prize cash is, if I do say so myself, a little bit amazing. I have no idea what's in it, actually. Yes, you do. I don't. It's all the stuff right behind you. Look right behind you. I have kept myself in the dark, so I would be just as surprised as everyone else. (laughs) Brandon Gerson's selective memory, everyone. Yes. You were here when we recorded the episode where we announced this at contest. Yeah, but it wouldn't be fun unless I blocked it out and didn't remember it later. (laughs) So I was like, okay, now I forgot it. Now now I can, what? Oh my God, that stuff's awesome. (laughs) 
That, those are good prizes. I now that I Brandon. see them, I'm like, oh my shit, I, I want them. I hate you, Brandon, so much. The, the way the contest works is uh, first place, second place, and third place all get to choose from a cache of prizes. First place gets to choose first, then second, etc., etc. And uh, we also have three honorable mentions. And these prizes come courtesy of Nerdy Show, as well as Fangamer and Husky Jackal. Boom. Uh, first, second, third place. They all get a slew of really cool stuff. It just just by being first, second, and third place. Like first place gets uh, Cyfried's co-op mode, a uh, Star Fox sixty four preview VHS. <laughs> yeah. So you can just look at because there's no way to play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think of that. Well, <laughs> you can unravel it. And somehow, it, no, that doesn't it, work. If they want to shamefully not have the nerd credibility to have a VHS player for just such occasions, you know, they can... Man, that's why I have a VCR combo. Jesus, did I say, did I say VHS player? You I are hate, old. I hate when I do that. That's that whole thing where, you know, like, it's a, we, it's a VCR. If you have a VHS right. player and a magical picture tube machine... Right. It's, 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 a, it's a VCR, <laughs> but we've gotten, so used, box. we've gotten so used to DVD players that now we say VHS players. I, I feel shamed for having said it that way. <laughs> I'm a failure, Hex. It's okay. It's we okay. Knew, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bunch bunch of cool stuff. Sega branded lollipops is probably the lamest thing in there, but it's <laughs> but amuse your friends. They taste like failed games, though, <laughs> and shattered hopes. If, but you know what's you know what's good about tasting failure? It's you know you can just you can taste that lollipop and then just put it down once you realize what it must taste like to be behind Alien Colonial. The honest thing is, I ate one of them and then it tasted the same as everything else to me. So then that's when I realized everything to me has been a failure. (laughs) Oh, so these Sega pops really just taste like something I've lived with my whole life. (laughs) I blame my mother though. (laughs) The uh, the prize caches consist of the Aliens pack, which features uh, an Alien director's cut theatrical poster. And uh, two Aliens Colonial Marines bandanas. I guarantee you, they are more fantastic than the game by far. <laughs> They're pretty amazing bandanas. You put one on, it looks like it's got a face hugger on your face. You put the other one on, it looks like it's got a xenomorph on your face. Come on, you can't and even Bill deal Cosby, with cool Yeah, there he is. He's a big alien fan. We also have the Minecrafters pack. And this is, uh, this is where all, uh, well, most of the amazing fan gamer merch comes into play. All this stuff was... Uh, designed for two-player productions documentary film about minecraft these were available to people who funded the film via kickstarter you won't be able to get this anywhere else it's not even on ebay it's just not it might be checked no i've checked it's not there (laughs) absolutely not we've got uh, some of it was for the kickstarter i think uh especially the dvd and the uh the, the wind up creeper. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have both, um, by the way. I am because well, uh, you were a sponsor. You I'm a proud sponsor of the film. But uh, some of the other stuff is actually uh, available in the fan gamer store. Like, so the, uh, am I crazy or is the wind up creeper glow in the dark a little bit? It is actually yes. Ah, oh, whoa! Which kind of ruins the point of a creeper, really. But it's also so awesome that you don't really care that it's non-canon. Right. When I found out that, like, when I turned out the lights and it was glowing in my room, like, okay, that's. Can you fit, I can't sleep now. Can you fit a grenade in it so it does, in fact, expl- explode when it gets? No, it's it's no. a little it's it's a very sizable wind up toy, but it is a little too small for a grenade. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I believe that the the stuff inside the Minecrafters pack is all things that were exclusive to the Kickstarter. Correct me if I'm oh, wrong, okay. Charlie. Oh, it's yes, a no. wind up creeper, the two player productions film, Minecraft the Mojang story, holographic diamond, gold, silver, and redstone buttons, and a uh, creeper head pin. I, I believe that the, the, actually the creeper pin is from before that the 
I don't think even the Kickstarter people got those. Whoa, there you go. The holographic other pins, those we kind of gave away with anybody who orders the DVD, which is actually available. I think, tell me, is, is the DVD itself, does it have a, a cover over the DVD case? No, it does not. Okay, so that's actually available in the store. Okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> that's cool, though. We I just mean, won't tell it, them It is that. definitely a must for any Minecraft fan. It's an amazing film. It's this, the whole story, how it happened, how one of the biggest indie game, the biggest indie game of all time came to be. Um, and also, you get uh, a creeper tattoo. Uh, it comes, it's a very simple thing, but it does come straight we from Mojang. We will be going to your house, and be, we will actually perform this tattoo on you. You do not get to say, you do not get to say where the tattoo goes. No, it's, it's two inches by two inches. Probably and, going on your face. Yeah. Probably forehead. And, and also, this is something that we didn't solicit, but, uh, but it's here all the same. It's a, uh, <laughs> surprise! It, it's a, just like a creeper, it's a surprise. It's a dollar bill that's been drawn on by Kristen Frenzel. How long have we had this dollar bill? Uh, we've had it a while. Do you think um, this dollar bill is, in fact, worth more than a dollar at this point? I, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. I think, someone yeah. I think it might be less. I think someone would pay more than a dollar I think for it'll that. be less because it's been defaced. Either way, you get this piece of, uh, of Kristen Frenzel art. It's really good, actually. It looks like the creeper is coming out of the dollar bill. Exploding out, if you will. That's how inflation works. <laughs> <laughs> we also have the Gentleman's Accessory Pack, uh, which features a Telltale Games Walking Dead hand and USB drive. This hand you can use to, if you get, say, a large turkey leg, like from a Renaissance festival, you can shove it into this hand and it'll look like you're eating human flesh. You shove the, yeah, you shove the, um, the bone into there. Oh my god. And the meat the part is sticking out. And it looks like you're eating a hand. It smells delicious. There's a video of me uh, eating this uh, on uh, that, we'll, that we'll link to on this episode's page. We filmed at E3 last year, and uh, it, it's awesome. It's one of the, of all the con gimmicks, it's one of the coolest ones I've ever seen. This is a really, really heavy-duty USB, like, where this is awesome. How big is it? Oh, I don't know how much space is on it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember but myself. It's pretty sturdy, the USB well, drive. find out right now. Uh, we also have a Bioshock Infinite top hat, uh, an Assassin's <laughs> Creed 3 inflatable tomahawk. Bethesda games postcards and keychains and a Wreck-It Ralph con badge that actually comes to download so your Xbox avatar can wear a Wreck-It Ralph shirt. For anyone who cares about avatars on Xbox. I like being an attractive digital gentleman who stands in contrapposto, don't you? And how many times have you seen that in your life? Never. Exactly, nobody looks at that. Ever. And, And last but definitely not least, the Star Wars Fun Pack, which features a gem from the 1990s, the Star Wars Dark Empire 2 embossed metal trading cards. Those are actually amazing. And that is what I would take from you if I could. They're like metal trading cards. The actual metal, not chromium. Yes. As well as Princess Leia hair bun earmuffs and uh, assorted stickers, buttons, and uh, other fun Star Wars stuff that I've found lying I'm around. Just, I'm just going to put this out there, but I feel like in the apocalyptic future, those cards will be the only valid form of currency. No doubt. No, I'm pretty no sure doubt. that is correct. I mean, they're heavy duty. I'm looking at them, and they're just amazing and beautiful, and I, I want them. Well, why, don't so, you, why don't you read that little slip that comes with it that tells you about the collectible value of these? Also, sh- you can't read. I, I can't. I never learned to read. If you've got time, I'll read it, but I don't know how much time you've got. You want me to read it? Yeah, I'll read the, it. The okay. front, the front, the front of it. Oh, why metallic impressions? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's little, there's little stars in it. There's bullet points on why metallic impressions. Uh, they're durable, lasting value, exceptional quality. These are all good things. Unique designs. It is brilliant graphical uh, reproduction, documented limited editions, 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and patent protection. That's right. That, that, that means. tells me future currency. Yep. It's you can't get these anymore. Why buy gold when you look- can buy Star Wars Dark Empire Two metal trading cards? <laughs> 
They look expensive, actually, now that I'm looking at them. They're probably not, but they look that way. You know what, Brandon? I'm just going to go ahead and say, they're so valuable, there's no quantifiable value for them. (laughs) You could not put a price on them. Yep. And also, within all this, we've got other prizes, like I said, for first, second, and third place, uh, including a Terminator the Second shirt uh, from Husky Jackal. You guys actually get uh, a t-shirt choice when it when uh, when you get to choose uh first place gets to choose first and you can choose from either shirts from Fangamer or the uh um which we have two to offer or the shirt from uh, Husky Jackal. The Terminator the second shirt. Um Who's wisely. Yes. <laughs> this is an important decision. So first place gets to pick which of these packs they want and then the yes. other places have to contend with what's left. Yes. First place gets to choose two packs. Does the gentleman's pack <laughs> two packs? Okay. Does it does it <laughs> Sorry, I don't I thought that wasn't even funny. I don't know why I'm like, I'm like Tupac. He said Tupac, and it's just like, I've never heard, I haven't heard anyone say that in like 10 years. He's dead. Um, so, does the Queen's English come with the gentleman's pack? No, those are yours. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, I need this for comedy gold. I'm keeping these for later. Brandon has some packs, some some um, some phrase packs of, of words that he likes to integrate into his vocabulary. I'm not going to go through it right now, because I will we'll just hijack just, the show for I, another 20 I know you minutes. Will. Just, just share one of them. There's a there is a support perk where Brandon starts reading these off. Well, um, they have things like lug holes and natter. <laughs> I remember that belt up, you natter. <laughs> there you go. That's that's all we need. Just a, just a fancy sample. a natter. No, you're done. You're done. Just put a hair out. Just put a hair on the dog. Oh man. Put put the phrase cards down, Brandon. <sighs> you wonky hooray, Henry. <laughs> you ab dab. You do lally tap oh, the God. first I'm water. Taking them away. Okay, I'm taking one. <laughs> you diamond geezer. <laughs> You Barney. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Back on track, back on track. You're so a jam buddy. We're going to we're going to be talking about uh Husky Jackal Productions and their uh incredible production of Terminator the Second, a combination of Terminator Two and uh the entirety of the Shakespeare catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe somehow off the top of my head is thirty two plays. How I knew that I don't know. Yeah, let me clarify. We took lines from all 32 plays. We made sure that every play had at least one line taken from it. Wow. So it'll be like Hamlet and then suddenly A Midsummer's Night Dream. And then suddenly Just Terminator 2. We'll be, we'll be, uh, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be interviewing Marshall in just a sec and we're also going to be interviewing Charlie about all the awesome stuff that's been going on at Fangamer lately. But before we do that, Let's uh let's drop some bombs here. Let's not, not real bombs. Not not real bombs. We're not allowed to. They're not allowed yet. Yeah, no. But uh, we're gonna announce the honorable mentions. We had some incredible submissions, some absolutely incredible submissions, and uh, there's a lot that we won't even be able to tackle on this episode. However, if you want to see uh, the best of the best images and the best videos from all of these submissions for the, for this contest, we will have a Minecraft article written by a Minecrafter from the forum, Studio Malam. Uh, link to this episode's page. It'll have the full list of every submission for the Buildathon. You can check them all out there. Now, this was tough, guys. This was really tough. The honorable mentions. Fortunately, we don't have to rank, and that yep. was that was a load off of our minds. So we'll come out with the heavy hitters. The Yavin Sith Temple by oh, Lingarn. Yeah. That was crazy, expansive, and expansive universe. Yeah, very. very and we all learned some dark jedi powers just by walking through it yeah uh my soul was darkened just a little by observing it i found myself confronted with the crystal filled with the captured force energy of fallen foes <laughs> and i had to make a choice oh, yeah yeah i saw that that was cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what he did was he created an elaborate recreation of a traditional sith temple based on several expanded universe sources um and it's built in the style of the uh masasi is that how it is, is that how it said 
That's yeah. how I always pronounce okay. it in my head. The, <laughs> the, the Masasi <laughs> temples on uh, Yavin 4. He also says, with some statues in the style of Korriban. Um, this is actually so expanded universe, it is going over my head. Oh, Korriban is the, the Sith homeworld. Okay, this is, this is um, there's a lot of references to uh, the Old Republic comics. He says that the uh, top of the final spire is meant to be reminiscent of a holocron. Uh, Sith holocrons are pyramids, and Exar Kun uh, used a Sith holocron to warp inside the minds of a group of Jedi turning them against their masters in his bid to take over the Republic. Yep. And that, that actually happens if you go through this thing. You will absolutely slay your Jedi master. Yeah, you will. Exar Kun will, will enter your mind and you will yeah. become possessed. You will literally take your lightsaber out and swing it and flail it wildly at people that you don't I mean, even how know. How many switches does, does that need in the background? Of uh, this this thing is uh, very expansive. It has an arena down below where if you want to go there, uh, it's your funeral guy um, <laughs> because it is filled with monsters. And uh, also he ha- he created four elemental themed villages surrounding the temple to, of course, provide to their dark masters. So he's an honorable mention. What that means is that he and his two constituents will all get a Minecraft pin set featuring uh, Redstone as the, one of the exclusive options from Fangamer. Yeah. I don't know what the drop ratios are on that, but that's one of the more common ones. What was available. Um, I, I imagine that a lot of redstone is necessary in order to make a Sith lightsaber, though. <laughs> it seems to be a, a vital component. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, it might be a common material, but don't, don't, don't knock, knock it. it. <laughs> this one was huge. A serious contender. Serious, serious contender. Well, all, all three of these were, were, were big, but this one was, uh, it was an undertaking. Um, particularly because this fella... He doesn't have a class on the server. He dug all those materials with his own two damn hands. Wait, are you serious? Yes. Was he the only one? As far as I know, yes. I didn't know that. This is the Pandorica Opens. Yeah, that actually might have... Yeah, wow. That's how did he door. get all of the blue colored blocks? Well, it wasn't diamond. Oh my god. No, I think, I mean, it could have been wool. wool the, the, but even so, making all that is batshit crazy. W- let's back up a little bit. What this is, is it's a recreation. Like different scenes. Of different scenes from a Doctor Who episode from Series 5. Uh, features Planet One, the oldest planet in the universe, and it's pure diamond cliff with the message from the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I, I might add, because he mined it himself, he couldn't get uh, enough diamond to make a pure diamond cliff, so he encased dirt with glass. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it did look, make it look more like the it's screen It's good capture. enough for the cameras. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> can't tell me on Doctor Who's budget they had an actual planet made of diamond. That didn't really happen. (laughs) We also, uh, he also recreated a Roman encampment, the Pandorica and the Underhenge, and uh, above that, Stonehenge, surrounded by spacecraft. Meant to be like, they were like flying saucers in the show. And It's about, yeah, all the different races come to like attack him and they're just hovering above it. And then he comes out and he's like, I'm the doctor, fuck you. And they're like, oh, okay, well, let's leave. Because they're, you know, and then they leave. I, they, that actually happens. I don't know why. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when, uh, when Lugthor actually, uh, um, he tried to create these flying saucers that were really kind of uh, hard to define from the show, he actually roughly recreated them in the shapes of some popular science fiction ships. Like there's an Enterprise in there. There's a Firefly class <laughs> vessel. I was wondering about that. I didn't think the Enterprise was in Doctor Who, but I could have been wrong. Oh, it's the same right. universe. It's the same universe, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> so right. So Doctor, Doctor Who is actually one of the Q. You're alienating. <laughs> you're alienating half the viewers right now, Cap. I'm sorry. Get it, alien. I said viewers. I meant alien. listeners. Uh, and here's here's the coup de gras of the uh, the whole presentation. He created a gigantic TARDIS. Now this has been done before, but never like this. This is part of a concept. At the end of this episode that he's uh, he's modeled everything after, the TARDIS explodes. In this explosion, Luke Thor came to me 
and he asked if he could end space and time. And what he means by this is he <clears throat> filled the TARDIS with dynamite. And as sort of a piece of performance art, he detonated the TARDIS, effectively crashing the server. Now, the TARDIS was from, like, bottom to top. Like, mm-hmm. server bottom to server top, filled with dynamite. Yeah. So, he exploded it. It, it, it yeah. was from, like, sea level to, to top. The point is, there was... It exploded... The explosion was so big that it literally did shut down the server, and it said, server end. Yeah. And, and here's, here's the, the extra thing, is that uh, it didn't quite just knock off the server... It actually created an error, an error that uh, that John has to go into the server and fix someday, but ha- but he has to take down the server to do it, and because we're running the contest, we haven't done it yet. It is actually, and this is great because it ties in with the episode, it is actually stuck in a constant loop where it is exploding forever. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Is uh, it like that one time where the thousands of wolves spawned and it wouldn't it, stop? It w- <laughs> and every time you walk near him, the server would shut down? <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, time, one time in the old server, there was a cave filled with wolves that went on forever and ever. We don't know how that happened. We, we don't know. And but ev- as soon as you walk near it, everyone in the server would lag or crash. So basically, John had to quarantine the entire zone. <laughs> Are you serious? And, so no one can and, get in there? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and also, which is why there's no video of uh, the TARDIS playing the Doctor Who theme, which it also did because <laughs> it exploded yeah okay i do like that it's infinitely exploding until we we deem necessary to remove it's it. Wow, I think we should leave it that's there. actually pretty impressive that it's like in this loop because that is perfect with the episode <laughs> wow that's actually really amazing and finally easily the most niche entry that we received <laughs> this is this is so specific this is so nerdy if we could, we'd, we'd award it a, a, an award for just being as nerdy as it is. It, is the, uh, it gets the Latinum medal. <laughs> Pure Latinum. This is Gold-pressed uh, Latinum. Gold-pressed Latinum. It's Come to Quarks by Mopkins. <laughs> it is a gigantic recreation of the novelty mug filled with prune juice from the Deep Space Nine episode 424, <laughs> The Quickening. Uh, is it really filled with prune juice yes yes it's just like purple blocks yes oh my god i didn't realize it was filled i i really after this when i go home because it's on netflix i'm actually going to rewatch that episode because i need to it's been a while and i I need to remember this joke basically uh cork he kind of he rigs all of ds9 to throw out advertising for him you you like if you want to do a a communication to somebody it'll shoot out a 30 second commercial for corks if you replicate a drink it comes in a novelty cork mug and that's what mopkins has replicated exactly gigantic sized and i guess wharf it was wharf's cup because he ordered the prune juice exactly (laughs) and it plays music when you drink out of it it's incredible those are our honorable mentions all you guys will be getting um the minecraft pin set in the mail congratulations you guys did an awesome job we only we only regret we can't reward more awards because seriously these were all fantastic and it was tough to just decide which ones of these there were yeah and now colin please insert applause and clapping here (laughs) yay i'm just showing him where to do it so he knows All right, when we get back, we're going to be interviewing Marshall about uh, Terminator the Second. But uh, until then, let's play a track, break up the monotony here. What you got for us, Hex? Well, I have a very funky rendition of uh, The Spock uh, Zarathustra. This is by Chippocrit. It's a very awesome chiptunes rendition of the song made popular because of 2001 A Space Odyssey. One of the most quintessential sci-fi movies. In fact, one of the uh, the non-winner entries actually was um, the monolith. Was the monolith. Two thumbs made it, and he he knew it wasn't going to win, but he did it just for fun. And so when I I come I came across the song, I'm like oh I need to play this, and then I saw that entry, I'm like, well that's kismet. There we go. The song needs to be played. 
So uh, funk out to some Zarathustra kids. Throw a bone at some shit. Yeah. You a monkey. That's what we're implying. <laughs> that you are unevolved. Oh my God. So go touch the monolith. Oh, what are you doing? And evolve. What are you guys Hex wants you to touch his monolith. Wink.
All right, we're back. Now, Marshall, you yes, put sir. on you put on a play that I was unable to attend, but I sorely wanted to go, and I've been hearing things about it ever since. Called Terminator the Second. You got a successful Kickstarter funded project. You funded it. You did it. And uh, soon, someday soon, it's going to come out on DVD. That's uh, right. But, uh, you know, really, this interview has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to talk to somebody about how this amazing fucking brainchild I was able to hatch out of its uh, big spotted egg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it all started back in, I want to say, 2009. I just moved back from D.C. after... Uh, working in a law firm for a little while, decided I didn't want to do that. Put my heads together uh, with some other friends, and we decided that we were going to do Shakespeare at the Springwater. What, we that, were, what uh, does that mean? Springwater's a venue? Springwater is a dive bar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Even better. It's the Springwater Supper Club. I, I think it used to be a speakeasy. It's been around for, for decades. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, we were going to put on Macbeth, um, at the spring water for a bunch of drunks and, uh, you know, wrap ourselves up in bed sheets. And it was just going to be this silly thing. You know, we started working on it. We soon realized that people didn't have much interest in seeing an, a non-Shakespeare troupe putting on a Shakespeare play. Uh, in other words, uh, anything that we could do, it, it could be done better uh, by, by someone else. I think it was it was at right at the night of the Super Bowl. It was the year that the the Saint won. This idea just kind of fell out of uh, Cody's mouth, and he said, um, "You know, why don't we do Terminator 2? Uh, in the words of Shakespeare, and uh, it sounded like a great idea. And um, we sat down to figure out what exactly that meant. <clears throat> That's when we came up with the rules that we abided by, which was. Um, you know, we were going to take lines and phrases only from Shakespeare plays. It wasn't just going to be Terminator 2 and the actors talking a bunch of these and that. And uh, we were going to take actual lines from actual plays. And the only thing that we could change according to our rules were nouns and pronouns. I like this rigorous set of rules. Oh my gosh. That's some structure there. So instead of referring to Hamlet in a line, as a character might, in a line of dialogue, uh, they would refer to Sarah Connor or to the term. <laughs> And the corresponding pronouns, you know, him or they, those could be octed. And, uh, and that was it. And, uh, oh, and verb tenses. Sometimes but, a verb. Do the actors use, like, a Shakespearean voice, or do they try to mimic the characters from Terminator 2? They absolutely mimic the characters from Terminator 2. Um, it's, so it's basically like, you'll have Arnold Schwarzenegger go like, Wherefore out thou John Connor? And I can't do a Schwarzenegger impression, but that's what it kind of sounds like to me. It, exactly. Well, we actually encouraged uh, Jason Kring, the gentleman who played Terminator, to not do his, uh, his best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression <laughs> when he was delivering his lines. We were, we were afraid he might come off. Um, actually, I think the, the comparison I used was, we don't want you to sound like a, a radio shock jock. Uh, <laughs> No, do you guys? <laughs> but uh, you know, we said don't don't sound like don't try to sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just try to sound like robot. You know, and of course the Austrian accent managed to creep in there. But um, spent about nine months putting this script together. In one column, there was the uh, Terminator Two script, and it's divided into different scenes. And then just started going through all the plays and oh my gosh every time i came across a line 
that I thought could be useful. Of course, you know, watch the movie about nine times just to make sure I had, a, I had it all locked into my brain. And then just went through, and every single time I came across a line that it looked like, well, a character could say this in this situation. You know, highlight it. And then just throw it into the column. And, and over the course of about nine months with a series of visions and revisions, re-revisions, uh, just got it whittled down to the story of Terminator 2. And it was really fun to kind of watch it evolve. You know, it kind of took on a life of its own after a while. How well-versed were you in Shakespeare before this project? I had taken a Shakespeare class in high school. <laughs> so not, <laughs> not very. And I remember, you know, we read the major works. When we got to some of the lesser known works, uh, like Merry Wives of Windsor and The Tempest, I remember we just watched those on video. And it was first period. And um, <laughs> so I was, I was asleep a lot of the time. <laughs> so, so not very. Once I started reading these plays and getting so familiar with them, I was just struck by the, the beauty of the language and, and how, mu how much uh, some of the themes and the philosophy that, sh that Shakespeare used were relevant to modern times. And so it really wasn't that difficult to, to tell the story of Terminator 2 with the ideas that Shakespeare was putting forward. So have you actually forever tainted Shakespeare? Because now whenever you read something or, or anything by Shakespeare, it's, you're going to see a, an image of Terminator 2 pop in for no reason. Yes, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to the end of time. Okay. I went and watched um, Julius Caesar. It was about a year ago. This was after the play was put on with our uh, prop designer, Tim. He's a fascinating individual. But went and watched it with him. And I just remember every single time one of the characters used a line that was used in our play, we'd like elbow each other. And <laughs> <laughs> Putting on the actual play, there's got to be like, you know, so many technical aspects to it. You're recreating a, you know, major budget science fiction film on the stage. Yeah. Um, and you also brought in the proto men to do music for it. What was it like creating the actual play itself, the production? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was it was intense. Um, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was very stressful. You know, we most of us had uh, full time jobs, and uh, we had about ten thousand dollars that we'd managed to raise on Kickstarter, uh, which was enough to elevate our project beyond the original. You know, we're just going to put it on in bed sheets at Springwater. It's enough to elevate it there, but ten thousand dollars just really isn't that much money for what we were trying to undertake. So we just kind of had to work with what we had. And there were a lot of talented individuals that came forward and volunteered their time and their expertise to uh, help us realize the show with, with the budget and the time constraints uh, that we were working with. I just imagine the conversation of him going up to like an artisan and being like, oh, we're putting on this play and I heard you're good at this and it's about Shakespeare, <laughs> but also... Uh, Terminator 2 is going to be in it. How about that? And like, oh, I'm going to do that for free. I'm, I'm, I'm in now. Shakespeare Terminator right. 2, yes. No, yeah, well, that actually, that definitely worked in our favor. <laughs> just the idea just had this way of, of catching people's attention, sticking in their minds. You know, when we were first working on it, before we managed to raise the money and get much of the exposure that we had, people just thought we were crazy. <laughs> Start telling our friends about what it was we were doing. And, you know, they just kind of give us a funny look and change the subject. But uh, as it as it started to evolve, you know, we'd sit down with uh, someone that we knew, or someone that we'd been introduced to through someone else. And we'd say, Look, here's what we're trying to pull off. We think it's going to be great. We can't <laughs> afford to pay nearly what you're worth. 
because uh, in a lot of instances, it paid them was nothing. And, and it was amazing. The majority of people that we sat down and talked to were just like, yes, I'm on board. Absolutely. Sign me up. Where do I need to be? You know, and if they couldn't, for whatever reason, they'd point us in the direction of someone who didn't. And that's how we were able to, to find a lot of the talented crew that, that worked with us was just by talking to people and, and talking with uh, the Nashville Shakespeare Festival group. They were, they were invaluable in, in connecting us to actors and actresses. When you, when you finally saw the play on stage, what's been the most uh, lasting memory, like the, the best scene or sequence out of the whole thing? What stuck with you the most? Or are you like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a tough one to answer. I mean, there were there were a lot of moments. You know, I can tell you that the the vehicle chases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did you pull how it you, off? Yeah, how do you do that on stage? Well, we basically um, our our prop designer Tim Kirkpatrick, uh, who's an extremely talented man. He uh, he built a lot of the stuff with. Um, oh gosh, I don't even know wood and. <laughs> Uh, PVC and, and glue and you know he built these vehicles and, and put them together and, and painted them and then um, you know we'd put them up there on the stage and we had um, well in the instance of the motorcycles and the truck in the first chase uh, there were there were bars mounted to the backs of the vehicles and we had stagehands dressed in all black uh, oh, cool. behind them pushing them around you know and it's kind of like well you can see them but you can't see them i mean they're not obvious but if you look close you'll see them and that that seemed to add to the delight of the audience to see that kind of hokey you know <laughs> aspect of it and we had our, our big um six foot eight australian friend luke uh standing behind the giant truck and he was shaking it and uh and then we had lights you know going to make it look like uh headlights flashing past it and fast-paced music and and somehow it it all worked you know it didn't uh necessarily look realistic uh, <laughs> but it did look it looked amazing and, and the audience really responded to that so you know the vehicle chases were one big thing and one moment i remember in particular with when the confetti cannons went off and the uh, cyberdyne explosion oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome light booth because I, I was my cue to, to enter was right after that explosion when i saw that go off for the first time it was like uh, i don't know it was magic i really I, want to see this play you will i will <laughs> right now i will see it barring some, some catastrophic disaster it's due to come out soon nice so, so there is a dvd release plan for 2013 yes awesome yeah there, there is a dvd release planned uh for some time later this year uh most of the the editing is done. I had to learn how to use Final Cut Pro in order to edit it. <laughs> but I'm told by by uh, you know other people that were involved who have seen snippets that it looks good. And uh, the uh, the right now, so most of the editing is done. Uh, the website has been built by the very talented Aaron Irons, who also did a lot all the sound effects for the play. Um, our buddy Goose Stephen Tragesser, uh, he's mastering uh, all the the audio. The proto men are finishing up the soundtrack. You know, they did a lot of the score for the live show and they're refining the music that they did. And uh, they're also laying down some new tracks that are going to be released on a soundtrack in conjunction with the DVD release. Oh, my God. Did that's, not, did that's, not know, that's news. That's pretty big. That's news. We didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Yeah. <laughs> they're laying down some some covers from uh, that you can hear if you watch, you know, the original Terminator 2 Judgment Day. 
Oh my gosh. Just watch the opening bar scene to get an idea of that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sweet. Well, one last question then, Marshall. Off the cuff, and I know this is a hard one. I know. So forgive me. What's your favorite sci-fi movie? Huh? Alien. Just he just knows it like that. Alien. Wise choice. Yeah. Absolutely. That that movie is is beautiful. I think that it's the sets in that movie that that really appeal to me. I, you know, I just think it's gorgeously realized and uh, yeah. it's just entertaining. I mean, what else can you really say about it? See, I like the second one because you see Sigourney Weaver in her underwear. No one else. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. You see, you see Sigourney Weaver in some low cut underwear at the end of Alien. Do you? Yes, oh, you, do. Right. you do. I forget. It's been a while since I've seen it. In fact, I think that the. The, what she's wearing in the first one is is far and away better than the, the second movie. Oh, he knows. He knows, all, he knows all about that. Hey, we were all teenagers once. So aside once. from aside from the DVD release, so uh, what other projects do you have? Uh, do you have any other projects in the works? Well, right now I have uh, recently started a new full time job. So uh, I'm doing the Terminator DVD stuff. You know, wrapping that up. But right now my my head is buried in. Um, in my work, which is, uh, do I'm a private criminal defense investigator. Ooh, <laughs> we'll be contacting you when we do some serious shit later. <laughs> okay. Wow! Yeah. If you guys are ever wanted to murder for murder, just uh, look we might up. be already half of us. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we specialize in capital murder cases, and a lot of we do a lot of death row work. Some serious shit. It's it's really it's awesome. I, I love what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, combing through a lot of the, the evidence, you know, the, the crime scene photos and the autopsies and the witness statements and all that and piecing together a story from what you can read in front of you is a lot like combing through uh, the Shakespeare plays and putting together the story <laughs> of Terminator 2. So, you know, it was a natural transition. <laughs> uh, Terminator 2, Hamlet, Death Row. It's good. It's all, it's all very similar, as you can see. <laughs> all right, guys. I hope you're ready for it. We're, oh, about, yeah. we're about to announce the third place winner in our Minecraft sci-fi build-a-thon. Oh, man. I, I already know who it is, but... Hex, did you just lose it right there? Yeah, yeah man. One of his veins exploded. I'm excited. Okay, now we gotta, we gotta preface this by saying, once again, this is hard. And deciding the order for uh, the top three was very challenging. And, and it had to be a majority vote. Yeah, and of course, our guest judges, Charlie and Marshall, helped us make these decisions. So blame them if you don't like where your place is. <laughs> don't blame me. Third place. Number three. Number three is Stargate by Kausa Baloo. Now, holy crap. First of all, there's two things going on here. Uh, size and also skill. Yes. Uh, technical skill. Yeah, technical skill. Which Chaos is good at that. Yeah. W- what you got here, like, at first glance, is a massive fucking Stargate. Like, sailing the floor, huge, with a temple at the bottom of it. That's, you know, that's the base level thing. That's what you see. Then if you watch the video that he's included, well, uh, you find out that uh, you have to activate the Stargate. That uh, you have to activate the Chevrons in a certain order. When you do, the Lightstone lights up on them, and it looks incredible at nighttime. And do it in the right sequence, water deploys at the bottom of it. And it looks like the portal, which is filling in in the, in the show. And it's not just like water drops and then it's gone. It keeps flowing. Like, mm-hmm. it is a full-on wall of water. I wonder yeah. how he gets rid of that. 
once he's activated it. Well, it should probably just shut off the pistons. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, either way, it's a, it's a remote station that he's got. So a lot of redstone work went into this. I, I wouldn't even want to begin to. And it's a huge you know, structure. And it's this. it's far in the size comparison. Like it, the switches are kind of far from the gate. So the amount of wiring to reach the gate in the first place is extensive. And then it had to go all the way up the structure and all the way down the structure. Yeah. So. yeah. It's crazy. It is absolutely nuts. Uh, he said it took a little over two weeks to do. It def- and definitely there was a stretch in there where there were two entire days devoted to it. The gate has a diameter of 178 blocks. The platform itself is 225 blocks wide and 186 blocks long. All nine chevrons are fully functional, not just the se- the first seven that you need to uh, just turn on the wormhole. Uh, if you want to dial up the ship from Stargate Universe, you got to turn on all nine. Wow. Did he actually somehow program that in? No. No, okay. <laughs> I was going to be Use really superly impressed at that point. Cal, <laughs> uh, so, so, congratulations. It is a feat. And man, woo. I mean, I, when, when that water... Oh, we all love Stargate. Well, yeah. We don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Stargate. When I saw that with the water come down, like just, just watching that portal fill up, when I realized how complex that Stargate actually was, unbelievable. I love Kirk Russell. <laughs> Everyone loves Kurt Russell. I just really, I was sold on it whenever I saw the, uh, the effect of the water coming down. It just, it just looked really cool. And that was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed by how big it was. I didn't notice the little people running around the bottom uh, until the very end. But, but once I saw them for scale, I was blown away. This thing is huge. Yeah, and the, the detail is just is great. And and he also did um uh Kyle likes to do narratives when he uh submits stuff to us for buildathons. So he has a whole uh narrative about uh one of the lieutenants from Stargate like traveling to the server of awesome and hunting for this, you know, ancient artifact. So Kaos gets uh the selection of prizes that go to third place and he also gets to he also gets the remaining uh prize packs that are left after first and second place choose theirs. Congratulations, man. Let's celebrate with a tune. What do you got for us, Hex? To celebrate Terminator the Second, there's actually, from the Terminator SNES game, there's actually <laughs> one remix on OCR back from 2003 uh-huh. by Kevin Lorenzo Sisk. This is his only contribution to well, OCR. He may or may not even still be alive since it was 2003, 10 years ago. We don't know what's happened to him <laughs> Holy since. Holy shit, it is 10 we, years ago. He hasn't submitted anything since, so we don't know. So this is, uh, this is from Terminator 2. It's CMS 101 Level 1, and it's... Uh, it's a pretty awesome track. It's uh, definitely influenced from both the movie and the game, and uh, I thought it was definitely worth playing. Well, hey, you want to you want to touch on a little bit of uh, obscure Terminator video game music? Oh, uh, something that I think everybody should check out before we dip into this track. Terminator, I believe, on Sega CD. There was a Sega CD Terminator Two game. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, well, shut up. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was scored by uh, a certain famous uh, video game score, the man behind um, Final Fantasy. No, okay. <laughs> no. The the uh, the man behind Earth Earthworm Jim, Tommy Talrico. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Uh, and it is it is a heck of a score. You so you're saying the music in the game was good, and that was it? Well, I've never played the game. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. But good. I'm, what I'm saying you is, don't know that. If I can find it, I'll post a link to like some YouTube videos where you can check out this really fun, obscure Terminator score on on YouTube. There was no good Sega page. CD game ever. Oh, I will stab I you. I will stab Sewer you. Sewer Sharks. Yeah, no. Sewer Sharks was amazing. No. Is that like Street Sharks? Sewer sharks are the name for the turds that I make in your toilet. Okay. I just want you All to All right, know let's cut some music. This has gone too far.
I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. guys we're back i hope you're uh, geared up for more uh, exciting announcements about for about the uh, second and first place in this contest but before we do that we got another special man on the line charlie Verdon oh, yeah. of fan gamer charlie it's been a long time it's been a dog's age since we've had you on the show yeah it's been a little while Years. we've missed you oh i've missed you guys too well, i've never I met you guys come over and and i don't know I-, I lost it. You know what? Keep going. The flight, the <laughs> flight to Phoenix leaves tonight. I'm going to get on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, the unfortunate thing is the last time you were in Phoenix, which wasn't all that long ago, I think we happened to not be here for whatever reason. I don't know. I- it might have been PAX. Yeah, I went to Phoenix for Phoenix Con last year, uh, Phoenix Comic Con, but uh, not this year, just last year. Someday, someday I'll return to you, my dear. My dear, <laughs> sweet Charlie. Anyway, Charlie, lots of stuff's been going on at Fangamer. Ever since you guys debuted, it's just been a, a snowball rolling uh, bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, you guys have been taking on some incredible high-profile projects like the uh, Minecraft documentary. And, uh, and doing cool things like this, uh, this last Valentine's Day, you guys released a uh, dating sim about Fangamer. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was 
actually a project because we, uh, our podcast, decided to tackle the idea of dating simulations. Uh-huh. And while we were kicking around ideas for it, we were just like, why don't, why don't we just see how hard it is to make our own dating sim? The result wasn't a standard dating sim, but we liked it, so that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I watched the uh, the preview video. It's called Sweet Thirty Three. Like it's it's it looks very like polished. The graphics are great. H- how did you guys take this fun idea and turn it into such a fleshed out project? Uh, the primary programmer was uh, Tomato or Clyde Mandolin, who was uh, a long time guy who started Starman Starman.net or Earthbound.net way back in the day, and he's the guy who uh, was the primary translator for um, Mother Three. He was a programmer before he was a translator, so he just kind of had this engine already in the works. Um, That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) You just had this engine for dating sim, just sitting around. Yeah, no, I I remember Tomato back from the Earthbound.net days, and not not, not too very long ago, I I saw that that he was aware of Nerdy Show, and I I thought to myself, oh man. You've made it! When he knows about you, you've made it. You know, it's it's always one of those funny things where, you know, you're, you're a kid, you're on the internet, and then some, you know, you're like, oh, I know that guy. I know a read man from Earthbound.net. And then, you know, then you, then you meet him. And then it's like, yeah, everybody party. It was a good feeling. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yes. It, it's an interesting thought that the same guy who uh, translated a bunch of animes that people would know, like Case Closed and uh, most of Dragon Ball and all sorts of anime that has made it over here through Funimation. Or I didn't whatever. know he did most of Dragon uh, Ball. It, Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's the guy who programmed our our silly little dating sims. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually uh, really it, funny. It's interesting because so many of the people who were, I guess, big guys back in the early days of Starman.net have just grown up, and it, it was sort of. I think it all goes back to the do-it-yourself idealism that we had back in the day that made us grow up and decide that all right, we're going to focus on being good at these things to where not only will it help us to do all these weird earthbound projects, but it'll also be applicable in the real world. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's, that's a lot of what Fangamer is in the first place. Yeah. More or less how nerdy show got started as well. Fangamer. I mean, it's grown quite a bit in the past few years. I mean, it started off like what, three years ago and was still in Reed's second basement. And now we've got a, <laughs> a fairly big office. We went from one and a half full-time employees to now eight full-timers and numerous part-timers dipping our fingers into making our own games after Sweet 33. I mean, it was just kind of a, that was a joke one, but um, <laughs> I mean, it, it still is legitimately a game that we can, that we're actually looking into putting on uh, Xbox Live Arcade just to, just to put it out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and we've been working with several bigger game companies that we've been interested in, like thanks to two player productions and their, uh, like we did a lot of stuff for the double fine adventure, like fulfillment, which kind of got us in touch with Tim Schaefer and um, kind of talking with them a little bit. I don't know if anything's going to go with it, but, oh, wow. uh, and we're already working with clay entertainment who are the people who made uh, mark of the ninja. Mm-hmm. And uh, we already have a few of their things on there. I mean, unfortunately a lot of this also comes back to people who kind of see us as sort of a fulfillment company now. <laughs> which is not really what we what we are or what we want to be um we well, want to what does that mean exactly fulfillment company as if they treat us like people who you go to them because you want them to like you come to us because you just want us to print the shirts that you have designed and just fulfill it for you so rather you don't have to deal with it gotcha. uh, mm. i mean we're fans and that's what we that whenever we make things we like it to be things that we design or we are really behind the design for because uh, we don't want to put things into our store that we're not completely confident about. So if we could go approach it more as 
hey, you're, you're a game company that uh, we really like. Can we make a shirt for you and put it in our store and then we'll share the profits with you, et cetera? We're working towards that. And I think we have, we're kind of adjusting this uh, perception, but it's a, it's a long road. Now, not too very long ago, you guys, you know, or you started originally, you were producing all your own in-house designs, but uh, you've brought other well-known artists from the nerd scene online into Fangamer. Like, for example, you do prints for Zach Gorman, other big names. How has that changed the dynamic of what Fangamer does? Especially whenever we work with those uh, well-known artists who were, uh, were already selling their, their own stuff, they're a lot easier to work with than, say, a video game company because it, they approach it from a, a commercial standpoint, I guess. <laughs> And they have an idea. I mean, if if we decided to work with them in the first place, we already like their design, uh, their, their design sense. So it's it's really good, especially people like Zach Gorman, who's just able to bring in so much sentiment with these with his comics and uh, and all of his artwork, and it's it's really cool. <laughs> Has it been difficult for you guys working with properties that uh, you know you have to work around uh, in in such ways? Sometimes you have to like change names of things and uh, and just sort of play dumb within the laws of fair use. Um, when it comes to making fan merchandise, I know you've mentioned that in the past, uh, you guys have approached Nintendo being like, Hey, we'll do stuff for you. It'll be great. And they've been like, eh, no, um, but, uh, I mean, has it been a tough road working with those properties and, and trying to balance what you can get away with within your own safety level? Actually, no, I think that's, I think it helped us an awful lot because it makes us, it forces us to be more creative with what we're doing and we have to dig deeper into like if, if it's going to give the impression of what what has inspired the design in the first place without actually saying it out in your face about it, I think that makes it even stronger. Agreed. Because if we can find that that note that resonates, then we found the core of what it is that 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 gets, makes people excited about these things in the first place. With uh, with the creation of the merch, like the the wind up creeper uh, and other stuff for uh, two, uh, two player productions, uh, story of Mojang. Man, that wind up creeper that was another level entirely. I mean, like we ha- we haven't seen any other wind up toys come out of fan game. I was like, I was blown away, and you guys produced that. What, what like what was your uh, your your level of contact with Mojang? Very minimal. Uh, most of our contact was actually through two player productions themselves. I mean, while we do have a few accepted things. Based on that relationship in the first place, we don't have a whole lot of contact with Mojang themselves. Let's talk about some of the uh, the merch that you guys actually produced for the two player thing. Now, I know that you um, actually approached Mojang at one point when this was when this uh, project was in development, kind of early on before they'd, the, <laughs> there's been a glut of Minecraft merch. Before that happened, you guys actually approached them. Yeah, we had a few designs in mind be- based because we figured, hey, we're working with two player productions, we kind of have an in, but. Uh, it didn't quite work out that way. We just didn't have a big enough market share for what the uh, the Mojang uh, business side was looking for. So other people got preferential treatment in that regard, especially people like uh, ThinkGeek or I think Jinx uh, also. But that's that's always something that we've been we've known about. There, we're not as big as Jinx. We're not as big as ThinkGeek, but I think we approach it from a different direction anyway. So yeah, yeah, FanGamer is definitely the go to place for not not just casual like hot topic merch but like you know thoughtful artistic designs i know you guys like to keep things in secrecy until the until you announce them but uh what (laughs) what sort of things maybe can you hint at or should we look forward to from fan gamer in uh 2013 Hmm. i know it's i know it's a toughie put you on the spot (laughs) the biggest things that we've been working on a lot have been um so like i mean we can pump out shirt designs all the time but lately we've been looking into minting things 
especially because we have this the series of uh, especially Zelda, but some other things as well, like keychains and and necklaces and stuff, especially designed off of uh, off of keys. Like I think we have our small key keychain in the store right now. You we do. also have a necklace based on that, and a really awesome uh, master key or boss key that's uh, in that similar vein, except. I think it looks cooler because it's, I don't know, it's more ornate. Yeah, keep looking forward to that, I guess. But Charlie, um, favorite science fiction? I think I actually just need to watch more science fiction movies to begin with. That would help. Honestly, don't watch all that many beyond, like, Star Wars. I need to watch 2001, especially since my roommate right now is a huge film buff, so he keeps making me uh, watch all these interesting movies. Like, oh. just last night, we watched Mulholland Drive, which was pretty fascinating. Which I wish was a science fiction movie. <laughs> it, is so, it is weird enough to, to almost qualify, but there isn't enough science in it. It has metaphysical properties. <laughs> yeah. It's very David Lynch. <laughs> Cap, Cap, what is your favorite scientific movie? Obviously, Sci- sorry, science fiction movie. Obviously, that's extremely tough. Um, but my go-to, the thing that's probably connected with me the most out of all conventional science fiction films... Does is- it start with a B? It does start with a B. Does okay. it end with Wait. a Blade Runner? It ends with a B. <laughs> no, see, I was going to go, does it rhyme with Onzai? Buckaroo Banzai is uh, a very close second. And the only... Well, di- hold on. I got I to say, I, I have to naysay both of those choices. Why? It said science fiction. <laughs> Science documentary, or obviously a video from the future. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have just said Demolition Man. <laughs> oh, my, that was going to be my my that, pick. That was a product of the future, sent back through time, as happens often. <gasps> yeah, I mean, c- come on, uh, Taco Bell just unleashed the uh, you know Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos, so we know that they're obviously going to win the franchise wars. <laughs> yep. All restaurants will be Taco Bell. Okay, so we've got... Uh, <laughs> no, mine is obviously The Fifth Element. Right. Because I just love The Fifth it is, Element. It is a perfect film. It is. It has five out of five elements. No other film can claim that. How about you, Hex? That's true. And I love me some Blade Runner. I love me some Fifth Element. But there's a special place in my heart for Empire Strikes Back. That's not really science fiction, though. <laughs> yeah, it's science it fantasy. Says, it says in the very beginning... Yeah, it's historical. It's a long yeah. time ago in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you really... Gotta pick another movie. On the History Channel every day. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if that was on the History Channel every day at this point. Actually, but yeah, it's just so ingrained with my childhood, and that's I. I love every square inch of that movie. So yeah, you know, actually, I've been fibbing. My my favorite science fiction film was an Inconvenient Truth. <laughs> there we go, winner. You know, a, a close runner-up for me personally. I hadn't even seen it until after the play, but um, our prop designer Tim one day he he's Terminator Two. Yeah, <laughs> not Terminator Two. He uh, he turned to me and he was hanging a pine air freshener in one of the cars he built. He said, "There's one in every car." I had no idea what he was talking about. He gave me a funny look. And then I watched Repo Man. Yes. And it happened and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That movie is incredible. That's one of like probably the greatest surreal science fiction film. It is it is out there. I love all those one-off lines. That the the play to shrimp thing just like comes back to me on kind of a daily basis. <laughs> anyway, let's dive in. You guys have been waiting long enough. Let's announce the second place winner. Oh uh, you're gonna notice a trend here. And it's one that's kind of unprecedented, and it uh, just speaks to how nerdy all y'all are. Second place, 
is Atlantis from Stargate Atlantis by Mjolnir. Now, here's what I know what you're thinking. This is weird. This is this is two Stargates back to back. These guys, these assholes, must be biased with their judging. This is rigged. And and I got something to tell you. I've never I've I saw maybe a couple episodes of SG One. I've never watched Atlantis. I don't, I don't have a relationship with these shows. It doesn't matter. These entries kill it. Yeah, I mean, I actually have never seen an episode of Atlantis. I watched enough of SG SG One, but I am kind of a Stargate movie fanboy. Yeah, I've only seen the first movie, so I, I there's no bias here. Mjolnir's going to be really upset when he hears that none mainly, of you have seen it. Mainly, my love comes from <laughs> Kurt Russell. I, I, you know, I, I just, I just, and I wish John was here with us tonight. I, because when it comes to Stargate, I just look to him. He's taken in every episode of every series ever. What about MacGyver? He was in like the first eight seasons. <laughs> and my my go to Stargate fanboy is uh, best friend Bob. He is massive. Well, best friend Bob is not a member of the Nerdy Show staff. Actually. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. So let, let's let's validate he like, he let's validate Stargate. this win. Let's validate this win. Explain why. It, it won. This second. build is massive. It is a perfectly accurate 25 floors, gorgeous structure. Um, it was modeled after all the scenes from the show, all the blueprints that are available online. He put it all together into one cohesive building. 25 floors, not just 25 empty floors, 25 accurate representations of various rooms from throughout the series. I feel if I was more familiar with the series, I could make an obscure reference right now that would cause some chuckles. Oh, yeah, I bet you could. But we'll just pretend you did. <laughs> oh, that was a funny one. Yep. Hex, uh, the complete good. build is made up of 30,383 blocks from the water level to the top of the highest antenna. It took over 100 hours to build a huge undertaking. Here's what he had to say about it. Originally, I started building this tower back in June of 2012 when GateWorld.net was doing their SG rewatch of the Stargate Atlanta series. I remember loving the series so much because of its departure from SG-1. It was definitely more science fiction based than SG-1 and had really good reasons to not have crossovers between the two series. And at the time of the series premiere, the design for the main tower and the city itself was revolutionary and has stood out since. So I decided to start building the tower. This is before I had the ability to fly or any of his other architect powers. The stone bricks I used at the time were all mined, smelted, and crafted by myself in at least eight furnaces to make the initial build. Even when I got the flyability, I was still creating my own stone bricks. Uh, but now that he's an architect, and he's had it for the past two months or so, he's been zipping around the tower, sprucing up the place with um, all the pieces he'd wished he'd been able to use when he started building it from the, from the beginning. Here we have it. If you go to uh, the, the article where we'll post this, or the original posting on... Um, on the forums you'll see just page after page after page picture after picture of just detail and a fan's touch it's it's something that only you know a diehard fan could do and uh you can see it in person yeah you can go go visit it it. and go to the coordinates it's incredible what really drew me to this one was just that anytime i'm playing minecraft i just really love making my own palace pretty much and this one accomplished doing what i could never do which was to make a palace that seemed to really function well and looked good the entire like both inside and outside uh so that certainly helped uh plus anytime you have something that's not just a monument monument but also uh has great a great inside that matched the outside really uh really helps this thing is just impressive i can't imagine how many hours uh must have been poured into this the patience the dedication i mean hats off Hats off to you, sir. Hats off to everyone who, who contributed to this competition. Uh, this stuff is truly mind-blowing. It's, it's a mammoth undertaking, and it was you know, really hard to place this amongst the 
the three winners. We didn't really know how to how to go about this, but ultimately, the sheer scope of it beat out the technical um, marvel that was Chaos Baloo's working Stargate. Well, he's gonna hate us. Now Chaos <laughs> is gonna be sad, Hex. Why'd you say he beat him? He's a winner. I mean, it he's did. still a winner. winner. He's still an amazing he winner. He's a winner. But I mean, hey. twenty-five stories. I mean, really, immaculate detail. If the if the competition wasn't tough, I don't know that anybody would fight as hard as they do to yeah. uh, to win these buildathons. Because all th- I mean, the the outpouring that you you guys as a community are capable of is absolutely breathtaking. I mean, everybody should be proud of themselves. It's incredible. With that, let's go to another track. We got two Stargate uh, entries. I'd kind of be a jerk if I wasn't playing any Stargate-related music. That's true, Hex. You would be a jerk. And it turns out that we've never played Seifried's PX75309, which is an obvious... (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) And so uh, it just, it works perfectly. So we will be playing Seifried's PX75309. Wow. Yeah.
Welcome back, guys. Now, recently, you guys accomplished something else that uh, that, oh was, that was quite the feat. I, I still can't believe they did this. I know. Every month, we you know we are a listener supported podcast. We require three hundred dollars a month as our basic support costs, and when that's met, then we sometimes throw on support goals that uh, either will just help us you know bolster the the nerdy show nest egg, you know, help us get new equipment and produce more comic books and stuff like that. Or sometimes we have very specific projects. <laughs> like uh, this month. Like like this month, which was um, a, well, a very specific project. We found out recently that uh, for $500, we could make a puppet of Jamela from Dungeons & Doritos. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be impossible for uh, Jamela to make any sort of public appearances. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right. So, and so it's one thing if I'm dressed up as VMAC because I kind of like... Because you look like VMAC. I look like VMAC. Like, let's be honest about yeah, it. You no, look like no. VMAC. And so it, it, it'll look natural for a big man like me having big Russian voice. It makes sense. But but if you want if you want uh, you know a sensual female dragonborn in person, uh, can't really deliver. <laughs> yes, sweetie. Seth is a very sexy man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you can't you can't pull off the dragon lady. No, I can't. I mean, you could dry out your skin for a bit. Just don't use any lotion for a few weeks. Don't you know? Sit, sit in the sun. Don't drink any liquids. True with your skin. <laughs> don't drink any liquids don't drink any fluids shave your uh, head the, the, end, the end of this story is that not only did you guys overwhelm us by an outpouring of incredible support right away early in the month within only a few days we, we met our initial support goal once we turned on the uh, support goal for Jamela it was it was already over it was so overnight. You, you guys have done it special thanks to Hoodoo Voodoo who dropped um, a really generous sum at the very end just to make it a reality he said um, as of writing this we need exactly as much as I was already planning to donate for Jamela Ramen dinners will be worth it. <laughs> I kind of oh feel my. bad. I, I kind of feel bad, too. <laughs> I don't. Give me your money. Hey, man. You, your, your health comes first, but the damage is already done. So thank you. <laughs> your health comes first, but no fucking refunds. I ate ramen noodles for two years, and I really like ramen noodles. So, you know, whatever. That's also why you're so short. Uh, oh, shut up. I, I just, this, this, let's say a little PSA here. Uh, during college, I ate a lot of ramen noodles. Uh, eventually, there was too much sodium in my system, and uh, it, uh, I had to go to the doctor for it. So, so watch out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been a Nerdy Show medical tip. I also got to give a shout out to the other guys who made this possible. Man with Case, Kahalas, who said, keep up the good work, guys. If this gets me a microsode, I'd like it to be about relaxing. Cheers. Um, and actually, unfortunately, it didn't, but I, 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 assumed, like to I assumed that him saying relaxing meant that we didn't have to do one. So. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's about relaxing. I, 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 would, I would do a show about taking it easy. No, I think we would have just played like 15 minutes of like relaxing music. No, I think we would have played Jimmy Buffett while no, we laid no, back. No, that is not relaxing. Remember that episode of Freakazoid with Relaxovision? Yeah. It'd be like that. Yes. Okay. Do you not know what I'm talking about, Brandon? No. Like, it's like big ninja fight, and then boom, uh, stock footage from the 1950s Hawaii, and like some I must like, have really missed tranquil that music. Episode. I vividly remember Relaxo Vision. <laughs> it was good. It was a good one. Yes. But uh, it did not win, so moving on. Uh, Arceus <laughs> said, uh, as always, another month of amazing ear candies. Here's a little kickstart towards making that Jamela puppet a reality. I can't believe we're going to Sensual, sensual reality. I can't. You do realize that once you have this puppet, you actually have to make public appearances. Uh, yeah, obviously. You have I to think, make time to do that. I think he's okay <laughs> with gonna that. You're going to have to walk around the neighborhood. What? And make public appearances. I'll go, I'll go door to door. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jamela. I'm a sex offender. <laughs> have you welcomed, fellas, the tunnel into I'm your heart? To, I'm new to the neighborhood. <laughs> 
That, that sounds like a video series waiting to happen. Text. Oh. Uh, so thank you so much, guys. We've extended another support uh, stretch goal just uh, because why not? And uh, the money will then go towards, you know, things like publishing issue two of D&D, which is coming out sometime this quarter. Tony and I are hard at work on that. And uh, also we should be seeing the release of the chair mini comic for free online as well as in a limited print edition sometime also early uh, this quarter. Fingers crossed. And you guys, you know, if you love all this Minecrafting, it's been, it was been a long time in between build-a-thons and we feel terrible about it. You can look forward to, we're hoping for a total of four build-a-thons this year. So the, the prize cash will be bare come December. Literally a bear. It'll be a Rawr. literal bear. Um, so I just wait for that. <laughs> now is it four in addition to the one we just had or uh no three it's, more it's four including the one we just we've just so had three more okay three more yes uh we've got some ideas but if you've got some ideas let us know um, we'd love to steal your ideas we would love to make your dreams a reality it's the nice <laughs> way of saying that <laughs> without further ado uh, oh, the man. moment you've been waiting for this freaking mega structure the portal experience by um, two thumbs by two thumbs the, it, Freaking blew my mind just watching the video. I can't even imagine wandering around in it. Yeah, it it was very, very... The reason I, I chose this one as well is because it was very, very creative in what he chose to do to solve the portal issue. Because you can't just create a portal in Minecraft. No. But he solved that issue, I think, quite cleverly. With just MC Escher level like just, engineering just skills to make yes. it... To emulate... To, to build rooms that perfectly reflected one another. so At a different it, angle. As so if, it looked like... Let's back up, guys. Okay, you're, we're backing you're, up. You're too excited. You're going excited. crazy. He created a gigantic companion cube. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a companion cube. <laughs> okay, Charlie, Charlie, that one's free. <laughs> <laughs> it just grew in. I've got a whole. I mean, it's my companion pube. Personally, I've got a whole forest of companion pubes. But no, there's only one companion pube. <laughs> At least, wait. You have more than one? I've got a few. I've only got one. <laughs> Once again, that's from all the ramen. The entry. Uh, the entry is actually called for science, and uh, it is a giant. Compa- I believe actually it's pronounced for science. Thank you, Charlie. That is that, that is correct. <laughs> Heck, let's play the SciTech theme now for no reason. Science. 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 Okay, that was great. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. Oh, Jesus. We're just unloading all the nerdy show me. Right, so it's a giant com- companion <laughs> issue. It's, what's going to happen next? Are we going to do a Luke's Late to Everything segment? What? Sometimes Luke's not quite as cool as he might like to th- Nope, we're not. Sorry. So, okay, it's a giant companion cube. What it's is a, in this a, cube? It's a giant companion cube from sea level to three blocks beneath the ceiling of the world. Inside of it is a Minecraft roller coaster of Portal. Like, it is a series of trial rooms from Portal. As Hex was saying, he does an extremely fucking clever thing to make it like you're traveling from one portal and zipping to another corner of the room. Basically... The same room is built from different angles several times, and you get the whole portal experience. It's awesome. So you you see one portal on the ground and one in the air, then you go through the one on the ground, and then you're in the next room as if you were suddenly walking into or walked out of the portal that was in the air. But it's a completely different room, but it looks exactly the same. Yes. Yeah, it's fucking smart. Yeah, our minds were collectively blown. Is as if that weren't enough. After the three trial rooms, you then go to a uh, a giant chamber inside of the companion cube where 
you see this elaborate music box structure playing still alive and then a giant aperture logo and then a pixel art of glados as a potato and then a dispenser that may or may not give you cake depending it on if it's, it's giving you cake it may be empty it, at it, this point it, it may be full of arrows is what it may be full of. <laughs> that would actually be great <laughs> it might be a lie it should shoot you with an arrow and uh, several arrows until you die and then kate comes out after or you it just drops you in a vat of acid and right in front of you as you're being dissolved is a piece of cake floating yep. in the air it, i like that too <laughs> all of these things may or may not exist uh, you should go to it write it yourself and find out yeah. it was created with over two hundred and ninety five thousand blocks that's 294,999 blocks more than I'm willing to create an object with. <laughs> as soon as I lay down one block, I go, wow, I'm tired. Why isn't my house done? <laughs> <laughs> so, guys. Portal piece. It was a roller coaster. <laughs> Always good. It reminded me of Donkey Kong Country. Or Super <laughs> Nintendo. Specifically the mine levels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's really what I took away from it because, you know, those were in mines and this is Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Donkey Kong was an important game as from a science, <laughs> science, science fiction standpoint. I mean, you have these mutated monkeys and these reptiles and they have, I, I don't know, I, I'm actually just... How did, no, those barrels, how, how did those barrels launch you through the air? <clears throat> through science. I mean, really. Yeah, exactly. It's still I mean, science yeah. fiction, those barrels today. We don't know how they did that. Forgotten monkey sciences. Now, I really want to make like a post-apocalyptic like, story explaining Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> make it very serious. Very serious. Oh, yeah. Was like Kong serious. that said, get your hands off me? <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Kong? <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm smelling a winner. <laughs> That's not all you're smelling. Nope. You're also smelling victory. Yes. Victory for two thumbs. Um, <laughs> thank you, two thumbs. Now, that was actually brilliant, what he made. Well, I mean, it was just a really excellent combination of all the things that you can really expect from a, uh, from a Minecraft monument. I mean, it has this awesome, huge external thing that is just... It isn't just wonderful to see, but you go inside and suddenly there's a little ride inside that takes you through all this stuff that makes you think about Portal. And it does it in such a clever way. And then in the end, you get the full song and it's just like icing on the non-existent cake. <laughs> yeah, it, once again, interactivity wins. We've had the last... Well, we uh, had a combination of the structure and interactivity. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the last two uh, Build-A-Thon winners, both by the same person, Kutsushita, who is nowhere to be seen, this, uh, this Build-A-Thon. Maybe he's from Sweden. Maybe he didn't know what was going on. Hopefully he's we'll dead. see. No! <laughs> I hope not. Hopefully we'll see his return on, uh, in future Build-A-Thons. But, uh, but he, first he created a, uh, a Zelda minecart ride where you go through a ca uh, cavern and you hear the Zelda theme and you see some, uh, some Zelda sprite art. Then he created a one-third scale replica of the Battlestar Galactica with a choose-your-own-adventure inside. Okay. I thought, so I thought this, this contest would be right up his alley, but I'm, I'm actually wondering why he didn't, uh, didn't enter this time. But I guess, you know, there's he, always next time. He, so. must, he must have not known about it. But I, busy, either you know? way, I mean, the, the trend is, is that, you know, I don't want to tell anybody how to win this, but because uh, really, I mean, it's Minecraft. The possibilities are endless. But, <clears> uh, but clearly, you know, interactivity and a, a multi-layered presentation that will always... I mean, that's, I mean that's, any, that's where your jaw drops. And do, do something right there. smart. Do something that when you see it, you're like, wow, I did that. Most yes. people can throw together a mega structure. But if you have a mega structure that has several like levels of interest to it, 
like a multimedia presentation, basically. Yeah. That's going to grab, that's going to make you stand out above the rest. Online, you can see all these pictures of what's going on inside of it, but also Two Thumbs has made a video, a helpful video to, in case you can't make it out there yourself, to uh, see how this whole thing goes down. It was a very complicated process. In fact, he and Lugthor came across something that we hadn't actually taken into account in the rules, which is creating music boxes are, is hard to do on a server because it uh, it taxes the server and you have is there's so much timing involved you won't know if a song sounds right when you're building the track oh really it's i didn't know that okay. uh so there's a certain amount of complexity to building that and it's best to do on your own private minecraft world both he and lugthor came to uh john and i and john was able to plant use his, his admin powers to plant the thing that was designed outside the server inside the server now that's an interesting exception because the rules say you have to design everything on the server. But we felt that that was a interesting the, loophole. The server was not know. up to the standards of yeah. creating music, so that was really our fault. So that's something we're going to have to add to the rules later and figure out you know, how, to, how to work in, how that fits. Uh, something I'd also like to bring up now is that there's, uh, there were a couple entries that we have not disqualified, but actually exempted from some rules. There were two great entries. They were never going to be able to uh, measure up in this one because uh, their theme was a bit different. Whereas this is a sci-fi build-a-thon, these were both very much sci specifically. Two Mars, uh, two, two Mars by uh, Michael Gogan and uh, v the V-Type ATP model uh, by Googleplex. Both those things were extremely science-oriented. Both very very cool. Based on the theme of the of the build-a-thon, they were never going to really be able to measure up against everything else that happened. So this is something else that we're extending, and this is uh, probably a one-time deal. There's a very good chance that in the near future, perhaps even this year, we may do a actual science-themed build-a-thon. So if you want to make a replica of the 20-mile-long Super Hadron Collider, just putting that out there, one-to-one -one <laughs> scale ratio, I'm just saying, that would be, in my book, a really great thing to do and make it work. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is the rules are, if you submit something in a build-a-thon, uh, you can't ever submit it again. If you've built it before, but you didn't submit it as a build-a-thon thing, you can submit it in a build-a-thon. Basically, we're giving these guys a free pass. So if they want to resubmit for a science-themed build-a-thon, they totally can, and I hopeful, and hopefully they will, because uh, they're awesome. The V-Type ATP phase model is actually, it's a, it's a gigantic scale of one of nature's smallest rotary pumps from the yeast <laughs> protein chains. I'm not um, following you. It's a, it's a color-coded thing. It's, it's got this really fascinating, extremely technical explanation of how scientists created this uh, visual model of what this protein chain looks like and, uh, and how it works and what it does. Really, really lofty, extremely cool idea. And it's actually half submerged in a lake to prove some kind of actual point about how uh, the thing itself works. Really great idea, huh. but, uh, but not sci-fi. Right. The uh, two Mars thing is a uh, recreation of a dock space shuttle, um, and it has rockets that turn on and off um, for blast-off. And he also created, it's, uh, it's called Two Mars, and it's a, it's a piece about his hope that one day we'll actually, you know, go to Mars, and maybe he'll be able to go to Mars. And he actually... Well, that is a bit of science fiction. He created a, well... It's it, on that anyway, kind of fine line. You got a free pass, guy. If you want to submit, <laughs> go for it. Uh, but he actually, he actually put a little, little sphere in the air, so from... From the ground, you can look up and see the planetoid in perspective oh, to, that's where, really cool. to where you know, the rocket would go. I Pretty, actually really like that. That's yeah, ingenious. It's, it's a really good touch, and it's really great. And everything else that we received, man, oh, man. Incredible Iron Giant statue by Avon. Uh, it's a full-size recreation of the Iron Giant as seen in the film. I mean, that's a piece of huge, like, really fantastic um, classic sci-fi. The original Iron Giant story is, uh, was the inspiration for E.T. Pete Townshend made a, a musical based on it. 
Now, is this the one based off of the animated movie? Yeah, it's a, desi- oh, okay. it's a design based off the animated movie. Okay. Uh, Raven made uh, Vriska, the Thief of Light from Homestuck. Really beautiful sprite art that, with some music that uh, played along with it of her theme. Uh, Mr. J. Mir created a Green Lantern central power bat- battery. Very, very cool. It actually has Ion, uh, the um, avatar of Will. willpower, inside the, the battery. Amazing, amazing touch. Two Thumbs actually did uh, two auxiliary pieces. He did the monolith, like I mentioned, <laughs> but also uh, Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons, which is uh, particularly fascinating because he, he, says, he says he did it mostly from memory. I don't know how he did that. He's just like, I'm just going to build this. I think, he, I think he has a fetish for robot maids, so that was like really focused in on that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, we all do, Not but judging. I can't remember what they look like. When I'm done with a robot maid in the morning, I want <laughs> to forget what they look like. I don't even know what my back well, machine looks like. Slap them and scrap them. <laughs> <laughs> screw them and unscrew them. No, <laughs> moving on. Chaos created uh, a, one of the Blackstone fortresses from Warhammer 40k. Really impressive. He's, you know, that dude is so good with uh, with just complex architecture. He he squeezed that one out in two to three hours. I mean, I know he's an architect, and so that's you know not not too unbelievable. But uh, do you do you know what I did in two to three hours on the Minecraft server with all godly powers? I dug a big hole. <laughs> that's it. I dug a big hole, and it wasn't even that big. I think that's a lack of vision. I like digging holes. I like seeing nothing. I've been trying to remove blocks and people keep putting more down. That's all I want. Lingarn did another submission, which is a couple gigantic items from Bioshock. He created giant-sized recreations of um, an atom extraction syringe and a gene tonic bottle. Felix Farstrike did a really cool mashup of uh, a Lego man and um, the Statue of Liberty as seen at the end of Planet of the Apes. I just assume someone from the Lego company game division is going to see that and be like, oh, we need to put out a Lego game for Planet of the Apes now because they've made everything else. <laughs> I would like to see them tackle something so obscure and not potentially profitable. <laughs> and of course, not based on Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but instead based on the Planet of the Apes quadrilogy or whatever they got going on in the television series. <laughs> not Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. That would not work at all, actually. So thanks to everybody. Uh, thanks to everybody for submitting to this Minecraft Build-A-Thon. The outpouring is great. Be sure to check out all the entries on the article published by Studio Malam and his and check out all of his uh, future articles on Nerdy Show. Nerdyshow.com slash Minecraft. Just click over to articles. We got an article link on the front page. He's going to be showcasing different builds from the server, talking about server of awesome uh, community news and all that. And if you don't play Minecraft with us, you totally should. Just pop on and see what it's all about. You will be wowed by the smorgasbord at the uh, spawn point. It is insane. Really, you can just pick a direction and walk, and you will just keep seeing things forever. Incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So look forward to the next build-a-thon. Congratulations to all the winners. If you like what you heard, you can support Nerdy Show. Support the server. We got a lot of server costs. In fact, our, our server, our brand new server, we should mention this but real quick before we go, uh, it died. Yep. It, uh, it, it had some kind of... Uh, what we assume is a um, power supply failure. And uh, we had to really quick switch off the server and move it to another computer temporarily for the duration of the contest. So we got to, we got to get that fixed. We don't know how much it's going to cost. Never buy a secondhand power supply. is all I'm saying. Well, we didn't. It was brand new. It was brand new. Okay. Never always buy a secondhand power supply. (laughs) (laughs) If you like what you heard, if you like the show, if you like all the shows we put out on nerdy show network, be sure to um, rate and review us on iTunes. That's definitely a very cool thing to do. Uh, we've been around for you know quite a few years now, going on five years, and uh, we only got forty-two reviews on iTunes. We yeah, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't been asking people to do it, but how uh, many? Forty-two. We're, we're on iTunes. No, we're perfect. We're, 
We're perfect. <laughs> when did we when did we start doing things on iTunes? God damn it, Brandon. Catch up. What's iTunes? <laughs> Don't listen to him. Just ignore him. What's iTunes? I still have anyway. a cell phone with the little beepy numbers on it and they come out and you can't there's no memory. You can't remember <laughs> you gotta remember in your mind someone's number. I hate you so much. Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. Thank you to Charlie and Marshall for joining us this episode. It was a pleasure talking with you guys. If you want to check out anything about uh, Terminator the Second and uh, Fangamer, we'll have links to their respective websites, Facebook pages where you can say find out when uh, the awesome Terminator the Second DVD that we're all eagerly anticipating is coming out. And also uh, when all the latest Fangamer stuff is uh, is coming out, there's a newsletter you can get on and they'll send you updates when they got sales and a new product and all that. What you got for us, X? Well, uh, with this triumph. Yes, it was a triumph. Uh, I felt we needed a huge success. A, a, a version of Still Alive. There's, and there, there's still versions of that we haven't played? There actually is. I, I just checked the website to make sure that we hadn't. And uh, Xmark, a really cool video game guitarist that we featured several times before, uh, has his own rendition of Still Alive that we have yet to showcase. And it's uh, just like Two Thumbs' is, uh, uh, Edifice, it is a triumph as well. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, play this. Well, signing off. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Brian. Bye, I'm Marshall. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn, Charlie. Oh, um, bye. I'm Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, guys. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science We do what we must Because we can For the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead Now there's no sense crying Over every mistake Just keep on trying to run out of cake And the science gets done And you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive Not even angry I'm being so sincere right now Even though you broke my heart and killed me And tore me to pieces And threw every piece into a fire As they burned it hurt Because I was so happy for you Now these points up did to make a beautiful life Can win the science to do when I look
Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is made possible by A Comic Shop, Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of listeners like you. Genital support. Oh, come on now. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on the iTunes, or making a contribution in our monthly support drive. I've got no money. Well, chill out, man. Any size contribution gets you Nerdy Show audio and images, like even a buck, and it lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com and click the support page to chip in. It's easy. I wait outside 7-Eleven long enough, I'll get you a dollar. Uh, hey, that's, you know, whatever It'll be in works. quarters, but that's all they're <laughs> going to give me for the bus. <laughs> well, look, for more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programming, community forums, videos, articles, and more, you should head over to nerdyshow.com. And you can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes store. For the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. Okay. Everybody, get your game faces on. <laughs> I saw that, Hex. I like the sound of you swallowing. I can no longer take you seriously. You can take me seriously no. before. What did it? No. What was the game face? I, I can't. The face. moment you said game face, like I was taking a sip and water just spilled out onto my just shirt. Just like water and slime and everything just congealed and fell out. And I was like, wow. Yep, that is my game face. That's a good game face. Get your game face on. I cannot drink water. Okay. I'm incapable of even the most simplest of skills. <laughs> not not hot topic merch. Not like hot topic in the mall merch. Hot topic. Okay cap because you confused me there wait i don't understand all i heard was hot topic merch and i was like nope no i'm saying that they're not like that brandon <laughs> good oh okay wake good. the fuck up good sorry thank you, get your, get your di- wake up, brandon, you i was gonna say i was like wait did he just say that get no, your dick okay. out of your ears brandon I, that's where i that's how i keep them warm <laughs> them I, well, I was born with this genetic defect it's my mother's fault but when i, when I was born i got cut and got cut in twain and it I formed two separate pieces so now i use them and they stretch into my ears in two of them thank you i wanted you to know that because you know he asked and i had to answer honestly so, fair enough there you go that's the story of my uh my two dads <laughs> acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.